I came here this morning, I didn't really think I was going to say anything, but when I was sitting there, I felt like God was uh, uh, really pricking at me to, or I just felt something in me to just come up and say something. Um, a few months back, um, my dad was actually having a lot of pain in his back, uh, back in May or so, and um, come to find out uh, in September, he was uh, diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is cancer in the blood. And um, he's been trying to keep things uh, um, under wraps for a little while, just between the family, but uh, things have just become uh, so trying for him. He finally told um, his church last week, and um, some of the people in our church is known, but I just wanted to make it known to everyone. Um, he has been, he's been, he was doing okay after um, they started treatment of end of September, October. He was doing okay for the, for the first few months, but more recently, he's been struggling and uh, having a lot of pain, and um, we're just asking for your prayers there. Uh, when my parents first came to America, um, they, they struggled through a lot of trials then, and God answered their call at that time. Um, my brothers, you know, individually, we've had our own trials, but God has always answered our call um, to him. Um, he's been with our family all these years. He's always been good to us. We haven't really had to face too many trials, too many difficulties. And anytime we had some, something come our way, he's always answered our call. He's always been good to us. And um, uh, for these past few months, um, you know, it's tough seeing my dad go through this. He's in a lot of pain. He's always struggling. Uh, I mean, before there's a lot of good days and some bad, but now it's mostly bad days for him. So... You know, anytime I come back from work, I see him in pain, and um, sometimes it's just so tough for him. He's just asking God to take his life because he just can't take it anymore. But um, I sit there next to him, and um, there's a verse in Psalms that says, uh, "I will not live, I will not die, but I will live to declare the works of the Lord." And I just keep repeating that to him, and just sit there in prayer with him and try to encourage him in every way possible because I know he will not die, but he will live to declare the works of the Lord. And I know God is there with him. And I know God is there with our family. Um, and no matter what happens um, as these days come, no matter what happens with my dad, I know God is there. But whatever his will is, um, I know our family will continue to say God is good. No matter what the outcome will be, I know, we'll, I know my family, I know we're, we're very strong in the word. I know we're strong in our faith in him. And we'll just say God is good. I know God is there. He's been there all this time. Um, things would be a lot worse for him. But uh, anytime he was, he was weak through these past months, God has picked him up. And I know he's there walking with him hand in hand. He's walking with our family hand in hand. And uh, I know he'll answer our call. But no matter what happens, our family will always say, God is good. Amen. So as a dad of uh, three small children, I feel like God's been a protector um, for our family last year. Uh, specifically, there was um, one time we were at a home, and my oldest daughter, Nyla, who's five, was playing in the back with her cousin, Jalen. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. <clears throat> and um, there were some screams in the dresser. When my wife went into the room, um, she found the dresser fell on top of Nyla. The, the top edge of the dresser actually was pinning her face down, and the weight of the dresser was on her. They took the dresser off. And of course, she was crying, um, but... She was um, without a bruise, without a scratch, no broken bones. She's perfectly fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with her. Um, Joshua 1, verse 5. 
No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Until not so long ago, I thought it was me who was searching for God, me deciding to obey and give to God. But, just strange, because I grew up Christian, in a Christian family, and to have this realization in my 30s, it's a strange. But, God has shown me that he has pursued me. He's always pursued me, because I am most precious in his eyes. It has been a joy and privilege to worship and obey God, and give out of this kind of selfless and sacrificial love that Jesus has shown to me. In Seven Mile Road, you've been a big part of that. Worshiping with you all the time, especially on Sundays, gives me a glimpse of what heaven will be like. And this is what I feel when I am with you. Revelations 5 says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000, in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. <clears throat> uh, the Lord has been really kind to my family and I, and we're just so grateful to him and to all of you. About 20 weeks ago, um, Lena was... We were in the hospital, and the doctors had said that there was like a 50% chance the baby would come preterm, and immediately we were rushed to the hospital. <clears throat> and before that, I was thinking, in our second month of the pregnancy, we had gone to India, and all while we were in India, all I could say was, Lord, get us back to the U.S. safely, and then we'll be all right. Get us back to the U.S., and we'll be safe. And we would be riding in the rickshaws, and, and there'd be bombs, and in like the no Hindi that I knew, I'd be like, hey, Baya, my wife pregnant, hey. <laughs> and he would look at me, roll his eyes, Lena would look at me, roll her eyes, and, and we'd go on, and I'd be like, God, get us to the U.S. Like, that was my prayer. And then <clears throat> we'd ride the local trains, I'd say, Jesus, just get us to the U.S. And so once I got to the U.S., I thought we were all good and safe and sound. And so <clears throat> it was time for the ultrasound, and I just told the the secretary work, I'm just going to go find out if it's a boy and girl, I'll be right back. And just sort of just understanding everything was fine and clear because all these dangerous things in our life were over. And then immediately um, the doctor comes and says this, and then here we are. And so uh, as I was driving back, I was like, Lord, I, you know, I, I didn't think you'd give me this child, but why did you go through this? Like, why would you put me through this? But the Lord was just so kind and generous to us, and, and, and he has, um, his kindness has been displayed through, through Seven Mile also, you, uh, you as a church, or we as a, yeah, you as a church, uh, there's no uh, big show. You guys just responded to us. Um, you'd come and, and you'd cook for us, and that, that meals train is like the most wonderful ministry that, that exists. Uh, sometimes I feel like spraining my ankle just to get on that. Um, <clears throat> and you'd come and you'd, you'd spend hours with my children, and I don't like to spend hours with my own children. Uh, <laughs> And you just, you cared for us, and, and, and you loved us. And on, on December 22nd, um, our, our baby boy was born healthy and strong, and so just grateful to the Lord for that. And, and then so many things, but one other thing, I was in Bombay, um, and, and most of you know we're with this ministry called Bombay Teen Challenge, and I was with like five or six other people, and we were cramped in this little clinic um, in, in the heart of the red light district, 
And the doctor was, and I was, sh he was sharing with me, and he said, hey, Tom, could you really pray uh, that God would open up opportunities? We need a, a clinic here. We can't be squeezed in like this, and we need people to come alongside me because I'm overwhelmed by this. And so I just prayed over it, and I said, Lord, what, would, what could possibly happen with that? Um, and then along the way, just in a way only he can, he got this picture for the New York Mets that said he'll climb a mountain for, to raise funds for it. And then again, you guys responded by just being so generous in giving towards it. And, and now he's about to climb in two days, and we're almost there enough to buy this clinic. And then on top of that, I didn't even uh, think it would happen, but I just threw out an idea. And now we have a medical trip planned for February where five of you guys, five doctors and five nurses, and, and, and a couple of tech people are going over to Bombay for two weeks to see how we can work with it and put up a clinic right in the heart of the red light district where the woman will be coming and serving. And I just thank God before I cared for any one of these ladies, it was on your heart and you cried out for them. And that we could be a part of this is just an amazing thing. So I am so grateful to you guys. Um, and it's amazing, I tell Lena, like for the 90% of you, we haven't known each other for more than a year or a year and a half Yet there's this bond that I feel like has been so long, and I trust that that's from, from Christ alone. So thank you. God bless. Hello, everybody. Um, just sitting there thinking, let's just get it over with. You know, you sit there, and you struggle. Should I get up there? Shouldn't I get up there? You know? um, when I walked in today, Shainu, you know, she looked at me. She said, Dominic, this was your anniversary. This, you came here a year ago today, you know? And it's so true. Um, you know, I, I came by here, and me and my family were going through a process. You know, we were uh, looking for a new church, church home, and uh, we feel like we found one here, you know. And uh, <clears throat> it's, I guess I could stand back and say, you know what, like, it's probably the church I wouldn't have picked for myself, you know what I mean, when I came by here. But I felt like this is where the Lord wanted us to be. And, uh, you know... Uh, New Year's and, and, you know, you reflect on the year and, and I find I just reflect on my life, you know, and I just have so much to be grateful for. It's overwhelming, you know. Uh, <clears throat> my wife, uh, she said to me today, uh, yesterday, she says, <clears throat> you know, Dom, this is, uh, you should go tomorrow because we had all these uh, plans today. And she, and she laughed. She said, because that's your thing. You know, you like being out front and, you know, and all that stuff. And we're so opposite in that area. But, um, you know, I'm just one of them people, like, uh, like I, I wake up every day and I just think, man, like, like what did I do to deserve all this, you know? <clears throat> I mean, uh, in my family, uh, you know, uh, at an early age, there was a lot of brokenness uh, through the sin of alcoholism. And, uh, you know, I, I, I seen that at like, you know, seven years old. You know, it, it was apparent in my family. And, uh, you know, through my own father, my grandfather, uh, you know, just experienced this uh, knowing something wasn't right, something was wrong. But uh, not really understanding, you know, why the people you love behave this way, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, been, it's been a curse in my family, you know, and it's gone back generations, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I could stand here now and, you know, I'm like, I haven't touched alcohol in like 28 years, you know what I mean? And, uh, 
<clears throat> and it wasn't that way for me. You know, like growing up, it was, uh, it had a hold of me too. It just was something that, you know, I, I felt like that was my station in life. You know, I had four, uh, three brothers and, uh, and it wreaked havoc in our lives as like my father and my grandfather. And, uh, you know, it just was one of them, uh, you know, things that had hold of me. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Like when I sit there and think, all right, I'm 50 years old. I have a, uh, I got a large family. I have six children, and like uh, I always think, like that's a defining point in my life. When I was uh, 26 years old, I just cried out to the Lord one day, you know, and I just said, Lord, just take this from me, you know, and He did, you know, immediately. And uh, you know, if you would know my past and where I come from and like where I was you, it, I think you would be pretty impacted you know what I mean um, just wasn't about like you know putting down a drink you know what I mean it like it, it was like my life was a mess you know and uh, I remember sitting in a car one time and I was uh, I was uh, you know under the influence of drugs and alcohol and I was at a red light and I you know it was daytime and I was you know I hadn't slept in a couple days and uh, and I remember seeing this young man with two kids in his car and I just was baffled looking at him thinking man how does he do how does he you know how does he do this like how does he live like this you know uh, it just was um, it was like a moment of you know sanity you know like I'm sitting there thinking man like I, I can't I could never do that you know and uh my life is so different today. It's like, you know, I could honestly say, like, I feel like I'm a new creation, you know. And uh, it's just been a blessing, man, you know. Uh, I just uh, I came in uh, earlier today, and uh, Marin complimented me on my family. And, uh, you know, like, my family, my immediate family is so different from my extended family. Like, when my kids, you know, I take them to go visit their grandfather, he's like a bitter, broken alcoholic, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's dark, you know what I mean? And, and my, I could truly say, like, my family, like, uh, they haven't been exposed to that. Like, I broke that cycle, you know, with the Lord's blessing, you know what I mean? And uh, now I have, uh, you know, I have... Five of my kid, kids are coming of age into adulthood. You know, I got two boys in college, and I'm praying every day for them, you know, because, uh, you know, I just don't want him to get his hands on them, you know. And that world out there just is pulling on our kids, you know what I mean? And uh, it, it's a struggle, you know. And um, just try to be faithful, you know. Um, the Lord is good, you know. He blesses us. And I just want to say to you, brother, uh, <clears throat> Your father has to be very proud of you. <clears throat> My mother died at 49 with cancer. And uh, I think the biggest gift I have is... Uh, <clears throat> The Lord had blessed me with sobriety for the last five years of her life, you know what I mean? And she uh, she went to the Lord knowing, you know what I mean, that I was uh, that I was okay, you know. And uh, I can't say that about my other brothers, you know. 
I have a brother who went, uh, we got him out of prison last year and, and got him off the Teen Challenge in Vermont. And uh, he's 47 years old, man. This guy's been like whew, through the mill, you know. And, you know, we got him up there. We got him in this program, talked to his parole officer, you know. And uh, this was my younger brother that I loved. We came from the same family. And he's basically lived on the street and been out of jail for 25 years. And that's, and that's where I was headed, you know. And I asked God, why me? You know, why not him? And, uh, you know, he came home. He, he signed himself out of the, that program probably about three months ago. And uh, my other brother just called me the other day, and he's back on heroin, you know. And, uh, you know, and then... Uh, I have another brother who lived with me last year, and, and he's clean now for almost three years, and he's back with his family, and he's following the Lord, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, I just praise God, you know, and uh, I just ask everyone to pray for, you know, me and my family, and, uh, you know, I just want to thank everybody here at this church, you know. I just think it's a wonderful place, and, uh, you know, uh, I definitely feel like I found a home here. But uh, thank you. Um, for, for those who have no clue who I am besides the strange white guy that stands in the back of the church, I was president of the board of St. Mark's that gave this church away to you guys and to, and away to me. Um, and somewhere in the documents, my, I guess my name was here, so I gave myself to you guys too. And one of the things that has occurred in the last year and a half is a lot of things have been taken away. Um, and a lot of, not anything dramatic, like you guys that had things falling on your kids or alcoholism, but I did lose my church. Uh, in January, um, I lost my brand new car, totaled that and a telephone pole. Um, 8,000 miles. February, the house was broken into. And the strange thing was that it was basically stuff that I didn't need or used that got stolen. Um, April, on Good Friday, when my car parked in the parking lot underneath the light, um, I lost my laptop. No, didn't lose it. Somebody broke my window and stole it. June, I was on vacation and the transmission went on the car that I had just bought in April. And I keep thinking of these things and as God has taken each one of these away that he's given me so much in return. Each step was a step to get closer to him and closer to the people here. Each time something happened, you guys were here. When I crashed my car, Jim came and rescued me. I always tell that he ripped off the seatbelt with his own teeth and stuff, but I don't want to build his ego up too far. With the break-in, Ajay and I, probably the two most clueless people when it comes to houses, went to Home Depot to try to figure out what we needed to fix the house, the door. But each, and then April, Nate gave me a laptop to replace the one that was stolen. And when my car's transmission went, 
I had to rent a car. They gave me a Silverado pickup truck, brought it down. This is a big, huge thing that I've never driven that big of a car before. And that Saturday, we were cleaning up the yard around here, so having a pickup truck came in handy, and it was just like, wow. What God has done for me this year, more than anything else, has broken my heart out of my selfishness. A lot of my prayers beforehand were kind of selfish, self-indulgent, kind of hoping that like Amy Grant would divorce and marry me or something. Um, but God has taken those prayers and have put on to my heart a lot of you people in this church, the leadership here. And I don't say this out of pride I'm just simply amazed at some of the things that God has done for me this year and the generosity that he has allowed me to, to give out in money and time and prayer. Um, I, there's just times that I've come up here or into the chapel and just sat and just simply wallow in the graciousness that is God. Um, whatever happens, I know I have a place here. I have support. I have, a, I have love here. I have a place where I can't pronounce half your names or pronounce half the food that you guys eat. I still think my mother thinks that I've joined a cult or something because every time I tell her stuff, she's like, you went to a Chinese restaurant? You went to Ethiopian? Who are you and what you do to my son? But I'm blessed to be here, and I'm glad for whatever I can do here is just a small token of the appreciation and the gratitude of a God that has been overwhelming and a church that has been overwhelming. And so thank you. I thank the Lord for this precious time, and uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Robin Cherian, and um, my family and I just started coming to uh, Seven Mile for about three months now, and we're, we're very blessed to be here. Um, I'm just so thankful in my heart. I don't know um, about all of you here, but I'm kind of glad 2011's over. Um, it's been a very trying and uh, a year just full of a lot of change, and uh, obviously, a lot of people are uncomfortable when changes happen. And in our family's life, we went through a lot of change, I think for the better. But uh, moving from Detroit, uh, where I lived all my life, my father was a minister. We had a church there. I grew up in ministry all my life and uh, kind of was set in a path. And God shifted that all around when my wife came into my life, actually. January 7th um, will be our fifth wedding anniversary. And, um, you know, God kind of redirected me and uh, brought me here to Philadelphia. And I didn't really know what all he wanted to do with us here. Um, but I think it was a time to just get away and find out really 
what my faith was because being under the shelter of my dad and my brothers and my family who were surrounding me and, and you know, were, you know, a lot of times even my brothers would say, you're doing this to please your, please dad or you're doing, you're, you're, you're acting out in this manner because, you know, you're under the support of everybody else and, and being here and kind of being on my own uh, and we were going to an American church, um, uh, Calvary Chapel, up close to our, our house for, for the last year as well. And we were blessed there, um, but, but it just didn't feel like a home. And uh, just being here for the last three months, I think that's confirmed in our, in our family that, that uh, with the Soul Care group and with uh, everyone that we've met here, that, uh, that we see the love of God here, that it's not something that's fake, it's not something that that you just expect. It's something that just flows out well, by the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and I know that God is doing amazing things. Um, uh, just seeing the pastor uh, of the church, and not to put him on a pedestal, but, um, and then seeing the members um, in our soul care group, um, it's just been so amazing and uh, inspiring to me. And especially being out on my own for the first time, and having our fam- my family here, and having two beautiful children and one on the way, um, baby's due in ja- on January 30th. I just have so much to be thankful for. Um, I came here, and you know, a job was prepared for me to come here in the midst of one of the worst economic issues that we've ever faced in the U.S. You know, I got a transfer from Detroit to Pennsylvania, and I'm working on a much stress, I mean, less stressful account than I was in Detroit. I was working on a major account there, and I thought I was taking a demotion when I came here. But God has led me in such a way that even though I'm working at a much lower stress level, God's blessed me so much more than I could ever imagine. And, and, um, and the same thing I can say about my wife, um, she had a job offer here before she even put an application um, at the hospital that she was going to work at. And, you know, that's just one thing I can say is when you wait upon God, when you wait on his time, that, that he, you know, he's the one that's leading you into those things. And it's not you dragging yourself into all of those things. And, and I believe that, that there's a purpose and a plan that God placed us here. And I'm, I'm really dedicating myself in 2012 to be uh, serve, to, to do what I can while I'm here to help where I can help. Uh, it's tough with the, the little ones sometimes to get out and uh, do the things that you want to do. Um, I was sending Pastor an email yesterday um, about uh, some of the decisions I was making for 2012. And... Um, God has called me from when I was very young. I mean, there, there have been mis- ministers that have known nothing about me that have called out my name by name and said, you're going to be used by God. God's going to use you. He's separating you for, for God's work. And I've totally ignored it. I mean, I've lived my life as if, you know, as if uh, I'm just a normal person that, you know, that loves God, but, but doesn't want to do any more than that. And... I've always had my excuses. My dad's always told me, you know, go to Bible college, go to seminary, go to 
you know, do something for God. Whatever you do, whether you are an engineer or a doctor or whatever, do something for God. And, you know, I've kind of put that voice off to the side. I wanted my career and I wanted to be successful and I wanted to have a family. And my priorities have always been first me, then, then God. And I'm praying that 2012 will, will really be a change and a shift in my priorities and really allow me to be uh, more faithful to God because I can honestly say he's been very, very faithful to us and to our family. And um, I just praise God for everyone uh, here. Uh, praise God for the ministry here. Praise God that, uh, that his work is being done here. I mean, this sanctuary is just amazing and uh, all the hard work. Uh, I know I didn't lift a finger to do any of this, but, but I know there are a lot of people that, that work behind the scenes to, to bless us with a place to worship like this. And um, again, very grateful. I want to just close. And I just want to say that, um, that God is good. God is faithful. Even when you are not faithful to him, he's faithful to you. Um, I just want to thank everybody for just doing what you guys always do. Um, like, and the reason why I say that is... Uh, I feel like as I, I've joined Seven Mile Road and, uh, you know, just walked through uh, the various random things that I encounter, I've been so blessed by every little detail. Um, just to give you a little history, like I think last uh, 2010 is when um, we got a chance to, uh, Jay got a chance to dedicate our, our kids, um, Noah and Isaiah, uh, together and um, you know I grew up in a church where there were no dedications they didn't baptize uh, adults and um, so back in 2003 uh, I felt very convicted that uh, I wanted to be baptized as an adult and um, so uh, yeah, Tina and I went through years you know you know trying to find the right situation find the right church, find the right pastor, find the right this, that, and the other thing. We wanted to check off all these boxes. and um, But we were also very scared about how our parents would feel about it. I know that sounds awkward when it comes to baptism, but they're not used to, you know, um, you know, I was baptized as an infant, and, you know, there's all this, all these stigmas about being baptized as, as an adult. Uh, so we, I remember telling my dad, um, earlier this year, uh, after Ajay had mentioned that we're doing baptisms this year, that uh, um, that I'd like to be baptized and Tina would like to be baptized, and uh, he just uh, stayed very quiet. My mom, uh, surprisingly, uh, was all for it. I couldn't believe it, and then uh, uh, I, I don't know why I made such a big deal out of it, but uh, fast forward to baptism day, and uh, my mom showed up to the baptism. My dad was uh, at a conference in uh, Detroit. And uh, so I was a little upset that uh, he didn't show up. But then uh, uh, one of the cool things was uh, when I saw my dad, I'll never forget this. Uh, when I saw my dad, uh, when he flew back from Detroit, uh, he just... Uh, he smiled at me, he uh, gave me a hug, and he said, uh, have you, Alvin, have you died to your old self? 
have you been reborn in Christ? And uh, when he said that, I don't know, something in me just, I, I don't know why that impacted me so much, but I, I guess I was so fearful of how he would respond, but he just hugged me and, and uh, he just encouraged me um, to be reborn in Christ. Uh, but um, all that to say, um, one of the awesome things is just going through the day-to-day things here at Seven Mile Road, you know, whether it be a dedications or baptisms or worship and, you know, I'm standing up here and I hear Dennis screaming hallelujah and, you know, the, one of the great things about that for me is like I'll be standing up here and, you know, asking myself as I'm singing, you know, is my heart in the right place? Am I screaming hallelujah from the inside? You know, coming to... Um, the work days and seeing all of you just uh, uh, toil and struggle uh, to get this building to the place it is, going through soul cares, uh, seeing how you love your wives and your children and um, you uh, get to the depths of your souls uh, to improve yourselves. Uh, I don't know, even your kids, you know, Tina and I got a chance to serve in Sunday school for a little bit. Um, I'm not going to lie, it was hard. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, like, your kids will come up to us and be like, hi, Elvin Uncle, hi, Tina, Auntie, and just randomly give us hugs. And just, it's been such a blessing. So I just want to thank you and thank God for uh, bringing us here um, yeah, keep uh, striving uh, to make the gospel known. Uh, I, we just love to uh, learn from you and uh, everything you have to offer. Uh, Psalms 34, verses 1 to 6. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look at him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried out of all his troubles and saved him out. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. I feel like um, 2011 reflects this scripture in my life exactly. Um, Coming into the year, there was just so much blessing after blessing. Um, It was a year that in the beginning differed so much from the end. In the beginning of the year, we came into the year with two children, and we thought maybe we would have no children, and we had two children. And the beginning of the year, I remember um, God uh, just blessing at work, blessing with family. We had this event in New York where we raised $50,000, and it was just one blessing after the next, after the next. And I remember thinking, God, you are just, I just stood back and boasted in God, not in myself, but in God. And I said, God, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And Daniel's wedding and Freddie's baby, all these blessings were happening in the beginning of the year. And I said, Lord, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then by the middle of the year, um, Ajay reminded me that in three weeks I had to preach on the wilderness. And of course, last minute, I start to scramble and I start to pull that message together. And I remember thinking, 
man, I'm glad that God took us through the wilderness a couple years ago, but I'm not going through a wilderness experience. I don't know if I need to be preaching this. I don't know if this message is applicable for today, for this day. And God really began to teach me and show me what it means to go through the wilderness and why people need to go through the wilderness. And I remember preaching that message on August 14th, thinking I could not be any further from the wilderness, but I pray that I'm ready in 20 years if I happen to go through the wilderness or in five years, whenever it is, but today I'm not going through it. And hopefully somebody here was blessed because they're going through the wilderness. And then 30 days later is when, uh, like Daniel said, uh, the worst news of our, our lives uh, came out that dad was suffering with, uh, diagnosed with cancer. And I remember we all got together and said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The same God that blessed us from January through July and August is the same God that will bless us and help us to get through the end of this year. And there were more good days than bad, and now there are more bad days than good. But on, the July, on January 1st, I can still say that the second half of the year was much more difficult but 34 verse 1 is still my prayer. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I pray that you would keep my father in prayer. And then in the last couple of weeks, Liz's arthritis is getting worse and not better. All these things happen. But God is a good God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I just feel led to read uh, this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Um, this is a passage that our family would read at the end of the year, um, every year. And uh, we'd read it blindly, um, but this means a lot more now, um, especially after having uh, gone through the series uh, in Exodus just of late. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, and uh, bear with me as I read these verses. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart and whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let, your, let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know the, that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out of the valleys and hills, 
a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness and its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Um, so I, I don't want to take a lot of time, but most of you won't think of Philadelphia as a land of milk and honey and uh, overflowing with brooks and uh, all of what uh, God talks about in this passage. Uh, but we came to Philadelphia four, uh, four years ago uh, for training um, and didn't really think we were going to be here for long. We thought we'd be here for a couple of years at the most and then leave. Didn't really have any family here. Uh, but it's amazing to just look back and see how God led us through. Um, to actually, it would take hours to tell you the story of how, um, you know, God has led us through the whole way these past five years. And uh, even the story of how we came to Seven Mile and uh, to see it grow from what it was, just a family gathering uh, at a home to to being here, um, to think of uh, the jobs that God has given us uh, now, both me and my wife, and uh, the home that we purchased. Um, all of these have been blessings, and none that we thought that we would have. Um, and uh, I just want to, I just wanted to read this passage, especially after all that was shared here, and. Um, and uh, with the wilderness that Dennis mentioned, that God has indeed taken me and my wife personally uh, through the wilderness and brought us to, to a great place, rich with blessings. And uh, as part of the church, I can say that again, uh, as a church, he has taken us um, through to a land of milk and honey uh, and where uh, the blessings have been plentiful. And uh, I just wanted to give thanks to God. Some of you may know me as Justin. Um, I've been here a couple of times, but not recently uh, because of seminary and everything. But everything that my mom has said before, I'm also grateful for. For I wouldn't even be here alive on, 
except for God's grace and for God's mercy, for all the times that I was dead or hit, went to the ER for my peanut allergy or uh, when I was unconscious, unconscious as an uh, infant. I just want to thank God for my sister getting married in March, for everything that he's done for me, even when I had no clue what I was going to do after I graduated from Temple, uh, but he led me into seminary. I, I don't know what next year will bring for me or if whatever will happen, but I just know that um, everything is in his hands, and I want to thank God for all that he's done for me, uh, for healing me of my ulcerative proctitis and my colon, which I had when I was 16. Uh, it was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life, and the doctor said I would live with it lifelong, but now I haven't had any symptoms for about five or six years now, and I'm continually thankful for that. And that's just it. Morning. Um, just want to uh, thank the Lord for for you guys for for all of your support. I thank the Lord for um, for our child, which is on the way in a few weeks in January. Um, and I guess I just wanted to say one thing, and, and I mean, thank you guys. Um, a lot of you probably don't know, but you know, we lost our first child um, a few years ago. And um, just so grateful now <clears throat> that the Lord has blessed us again. And um, but I'm thankful for for you here who who walked through that with us. And um, this the the one thing that I think God's kind of taught us um, just over the last few years is um, you know the Lord the Lord truly does give and take away. And um, and we've <clears throat> we've now experienced both sides of that. And um. You know, the Lord was teaching just through through classes and that kind of thing. Um, there's just a theme of, of suffering and what that, um, you know, as a Christian, what that looked like. And <clears throat> a lot of you have touched on that uh, this morning as well. Um, but I just want to add one thing that, um, you know, the way of the cross for Christ was, um, was suffering. And we... We as Christians, we we walk in the footsteps of Christ, and um, and we will suffer, and that's just part of the Christian life. And um, I think culturally, it's something that we're supposed to avoid. We're not supposed to suffer. Um, but that's not that's not what God has ordained um, for us as Christians, and. Um, I guess I just want to encourage you, for those of you that have walked through suffering, um, that will walk through suffering in, the, in this coming year, um, that it has a redemptive quality, just um, as Christ walked the way of the cross, and um, the gospel as we know it is that he, he suffered, died on the cross, took our sins, 
and and rose. Um, but this this act of Christ has transformed our suffering too, and um, and our suffering now has a redemptive quality, and um, and that we don't suffer without hope, that we suffer um, in the hope of Christ and of um, of our own redemption um, and salvation and glorification. And um, so I just want to leave you with that and thank you again for all of your support and help um, as we've been here the last few years. Here again this word. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Amen. Let's pray together.